Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Reverend Shar McCain. I'd like to welcome listeners to Sacred Sunday. Sacred Sunday was created just to focus on the tenet that Sunday is a special day to set aside some time for spiritual focus, meditation, and prayer. All faiths are welcome. I just happen to be a Christian in recovery, and all the Bible readings of this morning will be out of my Briary Study Bible, and you may use any Bible you wish. Um, and gratitude for many spiritual experiences and 
uh, help and hope that has been given to me by my Heavenly Father. I have ongoing Bible readings, and we're reading our way straight through the New Testament. And we uh, will be actually reading out of my book. It's, it's actually at the editors right now, and uh, we look forward to seeing that. And we'll just focus on being our real self and uh, giving, just carrying the message given to us. And we just read out of uh, the Holy Bible, and you read out of any Bible you wish. And I, I want to give you the contact for that. Is, if you don't have a Bible, it's online. It's www.biblia.com. And now this for our opening prayer as we bow our heads and pray together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we pray for all Christians being persecuted worldwide. Uh, This is a serious uh, thing that's happening in the Middle East, and we just want to keep everybody in their prayers. Their freedom to worship and lives are in jeopardy. And we pray for all those who are suffering from violence at home and abroad. And we pray for those who are suffering and are sick in mind and body and those who are lonely and uncomforted. Please, God, forgive us our sins. We pray for those suffering from domestic violence in their own homes. And we also pray for freedom from addiction from all kinds. Please, God, send your Archangel Michael to fight against evil and protect lives that are taken for distorted and evil reasons, and they have become martyrs. And we want our, and all the angels to watch over everybody. And our, do, our prayers do go out to those who suffer in the world, including the animals that can't speak for themselves. And we also pray for the wisdom of our president and the rest of the policymakers. They have many decisions to make. And for all problems of the countries worldwide, suffering all over the world right now, we ask this in Jesus' name. We also ask Jesus to bless us and help us grow under his care. We want to thank you, God, and everyone. Amen. And keep everybody's family in our prayers. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As I said before, uh, if you don't have a Bible this morning, go to Biblia, B-I-B-L-I-A dot com. And I want to remind you that the opening music was by Salve Vocal Group from the CD Native Angels. And um, they're on Facebook, and you can also listen to it free on YouTube. And uh, I got my CD from Amazon. And I want to wish everybody a happy and blessed birthday today. God bless you and have a very prosperous year ahead. And if you have any prayer requests, a special anything, just give me a call at 609-924-9744 where we are this morning. Now, we are up to First Thessalonians chapter 3, and the title of this is Paul Missed You So Much. When Paul couldn't stand being away from his beloved Thessalonians anymore, he sent his friend and fellow Christian Timothy to check up on them. Good news, Timothy reports back that all is well. Well, not totally. See, Christians are being persecuted just a little. Paul hopes that this is not going to shake the Thessalonians' faith in Jesus. They've got to be rock solid in the face of opposition. But like Timothy said, everything is going pretty good. The Thessalonians apparently just accept the whole being Christian thing is going to come with a side of persecution pie. That's that's way less delicious than it sounds, by the way. Anyway, Paul has also heard the Thessalonians are anxious to welcome him back. That's kept him going through the tough times that he's been facing in his travels. You know, getting to thrown into jail, beaten, and nearly stoned to death. All in days work for Paul. Poor Paul. 
But all in all, Paul is a super thankful to the Thessalonians, and he can't wait to see them again. When he comes, he'll have a couple more pointers to give them, but no biggie, right? Paul prays that God will bring bring him to Thessalonica soon and that he'll build up the love the Thessalonians have for each other and everyone in the world. Wait, everyone, even prosecutors? Yep, Paul's uber-inclusive. He also hopes that they'll keep records, the records spotless so that they can be ready when the day Jesus returns. And, you know, Jesus is going to be kicking butt and taking names. Anyway, thanks to smoop.com. And now we turn our Bible to First Thessalonians 3. And uh, these are short chapters. And I started thinking, you know, that uh, we have First and Second Thessalonians. And uh, actually, you know, Paul's life is in great jeopardy. And uh, then he's writing these from prison. Okay, to their testing. This is Timothy's visit. First Thessalonians 3. Therefore, when we could no longer endure it, no longer, excuse me, we thought it best to be left behind at Athens alone. And when we sent Timothy, our brother and God's fellow worker, to the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith, so that no one would be disturbed by these afflictions, for you yourselves know that we had been destined for this. And indeed, when we were with you, we kept telling you in advance that we were going to super, through super, affliction and so it came to pass as you know for this reason when i could endure it no longer i also sent also sent to find out about your faith for fear that temper tempter might have tempted you and our labor would be in vain but now that timothy has come to us from you and has brought us good news of your faith and love and that you always think kindly of us longing to see us just as we also long to see you for this reason, brethren, in all of our distress and affliction, we were comforted about you through your faith. For now we really live. You stand firm in the Lord. And this is for continued growth. For what thanks can be we, we render to God for you in return for all the joy in which you've rejoiced before God on your account. As we might, night and day, we keep praying most earnestly that we may see your face and may complete what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and Jesus our Lord direct our way to you. And may the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another and for all people, just as we also do for you, so that he may establish your hearts without blame in the holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. You know, that letter was particularly beautiful and loving from Paul and Paul uh, usually is admonishing people, but this one he was very loving towards uh, the Thessalonians, and he feel and he seems to be gotten comfort that they were doing okay. And it always says it makes you feel better when you know you're helping somebody and they're listening to you. Okay, so uh, we'll start at three three. We'll read the notes from the Ryrie uh, Bible. Okay, disturbed that do not be seduced away from the faith by the heathen who were urging them to reject their faith, and three, four, suffer affliction, to endure the normal afflictions that come into a believer in this life. Their trials are probably social and economic pressures placed on them by unbelievers. Paul had told them that these would come. And then at three, five, it says tempter. Again, Paul traces events to Satan's working. And three, six, good news, the same word as gospel. 
both messages, the gospel Paul preached and the report brought by Timothy were good news. The good news of their spiritual well-being was a breath of life to Paul. And then a strong and doubly compounded word, most earnestly indicating the, the intensity of Paul's uh, night and day praying. And then uh, to complete, as one might repair, fishing nets. And then they were also be lax in their faith until we reach heaven at last. We will be without blame. And so we're just trying to be blameless and eventually altogether go to heaven. And then the saints, uh, holy ones, probably refers here to angels who accompany the return of Christ, or possibly also holy men. And then the will, will of God that goes on to chapter 4. These are short letters. Um, I do know that Paul was in, in deep trouble at the time, and uh, he was in prison, and I'm sure they weren't treating him great there. And uh, so these letters were kind of short. So we'll go on to um, our next. We're going to read that little bit of the Ryrie Study Bible, and um, we'll come for one of our favorite stories. And I want to thank you all for tuning in. We're here every Sunday morning, say faithfully. Uh, I have been ill and not really feeling like it, but for some reason, I feel like if there's one person out there that wants to listen to this message, you know, I've got to be there. And um, so thank you for keeping me in your prayers. And uh, I want to thank you so much for tuning in each morning and listening to the back uh, issues, too. It would be nice. And um, I just, this is help on the job. This is a, this is out of the guidepost, and it's uh, the story we, re- we just came upon right now is What Was Out There, and it's by Doug Oilfield from Hamilton, Ohio. Here it goes. I finished the night audit and glanced at the clock, 2.30 a.m. The midnight shift of a motel desk clerk can be off loads and work. You do anything to entertain yourself and stay alert. Patrons rarely check in at such an hour, but sleeping on the job isn't tolerated. So I flipped on the TV set and leaned back in my chair and started to read my new thriller in the wavering blue light. The blurb on the cover promised suddenly suspense. Not even halfway through the first chapter, the clicking of metal on stone echoed in the quiet. I heard tap, tap, tap on the counter behind me. Who in the world? As I, w- I wondered as I swung my chair around. I faced a sawed-off shotgun. My eyes moved up to the man who held it. He was a large, dirty, brown, greasy hair man. The hair fell to his shoulders. His lips were curled in a sneer amid a patchy beard. His skin was dark and weathered, and an olive-green army jacket buttoned to the neck hid the rest of his clothing. The man stared back as if he couldn't stand the sight of me. He waved the barrel of a shotgun towards the door and separated us. Open it, he said. Slowly, I stood up, afraid my legs wouldn't support me, and I couldn't will them to move. My head swam with thoughts of escape. Without a step... I reached the door, and before opening it, I whispered to God, Please, God, send an angel to protect me. My hand gripped the doorknob, and I barely turned it before the man pushed his way through. He grunted and breathed hard, and he could easily have broken down the flimsy door. He's toying with me. He shoved me against the wall and kicked the door shut behind him. We were alone in my small back room. Open the deposit box, he snarled. I don't have the key, I said truthfully. I was trembling. My head seemed to explode as he slammed the barrel of a shotgun across my jaw. I groped along the wall, shaking my head instinctively, trying to see. Where is he? The man thrust his face with an inch of mine. I could smell his stale breath, 
Plexus spit dotted the corners of his mouth, and sweat formed on his brow. I said, as he withdrew each word, open the deposit box. Did he think I was lying? I don't have a key, I repeated. Let him believe me and leave me alone. Again, he hit me with a gun. This time, the stock crashed into my mouth, splitting my lip and loosening my front teeth. Did he actually think this man was going to just walk away and leave? Well, he swung the shotgun around and placed the barrel between my eyes. I'm going to die. I'm a dead man, and this is how my life ends. My mind rolled my idea around dead. I began to accept it. My muscles relaxed, and I went limp. Open the box, and I'm going to kill you. The the words were matter of fact. How many times have I heard the same overused expression in everyday life? I'll kill you if you do this. But now it was for real, and I waited for the blast. Who was going to tell my wife and children? I didn't want the police knocking on their door in the middle of the night, scaring them and upsetting them. I didn't want my wife blaming herself for not talking me out of this, taking this job. I didn't want to die. Anger again grew in me, and I spoke forcefully. Check my pockets. Go ahead. I don't have a key. And I pulled the gun away and punched me in the eye. My head bounced off the wall, and I even fought for consciousness and sprawled on the floor. I knew that if I passed out, I would not wake up. My head ached and my hand shook. I had only one hope, and I called him on again. God, I said aloud, protect me from my enemy now. I groped my mind for the Bible verse, that I couldn't find one. Just then, the front doors rattled. The gunman took his steely eyes off of me, and I couldn't see the lobby for the vantage point beyond the registration desk. But I listened to the doors open. Was it late night patron? This can only make the situation work. I looked back at the armed man. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. The hulking intruder stood staring into the lobby. His eyes grew wide with terror as his weather-beaten skin paled, his back hunched in fear. No, he said, and the word trailed off like a long sigh. The shotgun dropped limply to his side, and he backed against the wall. What was out there? I strained my neck, but I couldn't see anything. I figured the police had arrived in force and guns drawn. He continued to stare into the lobby as he slowly backed away. He t- returned to me pleadingly. I tried to say so- he tried to say something. The, meaning- the meanness had left his face. He shook his head helplessly, too terrified to speak. And then he fumbled for his gun, run down the hallway, and out the back door. I stood cautiously, not wanting to alarm the police officers. My name is Doug Oilfell, I shouted. I'm the night manager. The gunman ran out the back. I inched toward the lobby, anxious to be surrounded by my rescuers. The lobby was empty. I checked outside. No police cars, no movement of any kind. What the? I went back inside and called the police, and they arrived within minutes, but there was no trace of the armed robber. Later, an officer showed me a picture and asked if this was the gunman. That's him, all right, I said. You're a lucky guy, the officer replies. He's a suspect in several of the motel robberies. In every case, though, he's killed the desk clerk and had no witnesses. We'll get him this time. The man was going to kill me, but Psalm 91 says, He shall cover thee with thy feathers, and under his wings thou hast trust. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night. To this day, I don't know what my attacker saw in the lobby that made him run away, but I have always believed it was an angel with a flaming sword or an army of angels ready to protect me. Amen. What a, an awesome story. Uh, how amazing and um, pretty incredible. So uh, let's see. I'm now 
going to uh, talk to you about um, a personal experience that um, that I had in, when I was in a place of danger. And uh, actually, we're up at the Kern River, and uh, this was back in the 70s. And my uh, we were actually swimming up the Kern River, which is very cold and the fast rapids. And we were, we had to walk way up the river, and to cross the river, we had to start way up. And the even though the stream would carry us back downstream, if we walked far enough up and then swam across as hard as we could, we'd get to where we wanted on the other side. So this time, me and my sister went up on these rocks, and we were jumping down these slides um, made by waterfalls. And it was quite fun, and we did it a few times. But there was one time that uh, we were at the top, and my sister uh, went down, and she landed kind of crooked. And when she uh, fell to the, the river, the rapids took her away and uh, twisted her around, and I couldn't see her. And I remember thinking for that second, oh, my God, my sister. So I jumped right in after her. And even though I felt like, you know, this may be the end of my life, I knew I had to do it anyway. So I pushed myself off, and I I jumped after her. And when I went into the river, it was icy cold, and it smacked me around, snatched me around a tree. And then it threw me against uh, around a tree and down the river a bit and threw me against my sister who was clinging to this tree in this bushes. And my sister looked at me in shock. I'll never forget the look she gave me. She was saying, my God, she says, how did you get here? How did you do that? And I said, well, if you're going to die, I couldn't let you die alone. And that's how close me and my sister were back in the day. We would never leave each other alone. And I would never be able to live with myself because, you know, her my life passed before my eyes when I saw my sister go, and I couldn't let her go. So miraculous things do happen. Um, you can say it's a coincidence that the river rapids just threw me right against where she was, but I asked and thanked God to, that he helped me that day. That was just really awesome. And now uh, we're coming to a close this morning. I want to... Uh, say happy birthday to all the birthday people. I wish you uh, love, prosperity, help, and hope, and love you very much. And I thank you for tuning in every morning for our little short Bible study. And why don't we see the serenity prayer as our tradition? God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. And in closing, may God bless and keep you in his loving arms that you may have the strength to face whatever is ahead. And remember, you're never alone. I love you so much. And we I know we miss all of our departed people, but someday I believe we're going to be together again. And please keep keep the faith. Keep uplifted. Read your Bible. Help each other so we can stay on this path and not fall by the wayside. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank you all again for tuning in. I'll see you next week for yet another chapter for Thessalonians chapter 4. See you then. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye.
Thank you. 